night divine, O night when Christ was born. We gather together tonight to celebrate the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Whether you may be the type of person who for weeks now has been playing Christian music, Christian music, Christmas music, and you've been decorating, and you've been in a mood that's been slightly different. Or you may be more like me, the person who has really just been able to settle into the idea of, wait a minute, it's Christmas time. We hope that tonight you're able to leave the cares of the everyday world aside, just push them aside for a minute and focus on what we are truly celebrating beginning tonight as we go into tomorrow. Let us pray. Great Lord and God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together and celebrate how the birth of Jesus changed everything. Lord, we ask you to free up our minds and just allow us to feel your presence, to celebrate and to be excited about difference that Jesus makes. Through him we pray to you. Amen. Merry Christmas. Luke 1, 31 through 33. You will conceive and give birth to a son then you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. As we light the candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, we reflect on thinking that there are all they are all aspects of what Jesus Christ has shown and has given us. We are grateful to God for the gift of his perfect son and for the free gift of eternal life that he offers. May our focus be on the Savior that has come. 
As we light the Christ candle, we are celebrating the end of Advent and the arrival of Jesus Christ, through whom the world can be saved. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you just that you allow us to be here today to just worship and to be so grateful and thankful that you made a way for us to be with you forever. That you sent your son to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we would always have a way to be with you. And Lord, as we celebrate that at this time at Christmas, just please make it very apparent to us and very prominent in our minds that the true meaning of Christmas is the fact that your son came for us. In your name we pray. We're going to continue worshiping by singing a couple of Christmas carols. We're going to sing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. We're going to sing all three verses and, and then joy to the world. Let's all stand.
is the night of our dear Savior's birth. sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious here this morning um, or this morning <laughs> at least they're paying attention um, anyway this you get into the routine this evening I'm glad to have you here this evening uh, for those of you who don't know me my name is Trevor I'm pastor here at Round Oak and we are glad to have you if you're a guest and uh, just as a whole we are excited to be here tonight 
for what we get to worship, what we get to celebrate. And it's one person. It's Jesus Christ and the fact that he has come here for us. Uh, tonight we're celebrating the coming of a king. And it's not just any king, but it's the advent, the incarnation of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think that's something that we should be excited about. But tonight I want to look at something a little bit different. And trust me, I will go fast. I will try not to be very long-winded. But um, I want to look at something a little different because I think, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but everybody here probably knows the kind of the birth story, right? The whole thing in Luke and in Matthew. We, we get that. We've heard that. We can't drive down the street without seeing the nativity scene on the side of the road. And all of us probably know what that is, right? So again, if I'm wrong, sorry for my assumption, but I want to look at something and it's a little bit different. And I want to start off with saying this, that it's the thinking that this didn't just happen, right? It wasn't like, oh, on the spot, all of a sudden, boom, I have an idea. Let's just have Jesus come born of a virgin. And we're just going to play this by ear and see what happens. Right? It didn't just come about like that, but it was foretold. It was prophesied 700 years ago. And that's the one that we're going to look at here tonight real quick again. So we're going to look at two different passages, and if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, um, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. Just real quick, two passages in chapters 9 and chapters 14. So as you're turning there, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about something that we don't get to experience, and that's the wait, right? That's the wait. The looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, because before... They had to wait for his coming. They were longing for a savior. And then think about this, the excitement when that moment finally showed up. When that moment finally came, the excitement that was there. Just keep that in mind as we go throughout all this here tonight. So if you have your Bibles again, we'll be in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, 14. I'll read them real quick and then we'll get into it starting with the verse uh, in chapter 7, uh, verse 14. It says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. And then turn the page in verse um, 6 of chapter 9. It says this, for, for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And again, we, we know these verses. Has anybody here not heard those verses? We, we know them. Now I want you to just keep in mind what we were talking about, the looking forward, the longing for a Savior, because when he wrote this, Jesus wasn't incarnate yet. He hadn't come yet. The excitement was still a little bit off, but there was hope. And that's one of the things I want you to keep in mind. But this is just one, or two technically, of many prophecies about a coming Savior. And not just that He will come, not just that a Savior will be here, but what it's going to look like. How He's going to come. And that's important because Jesus couldn't be Jesus if He did different things. Something to keep in mind. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But two reasons why I like these two passages is this. One, that they're pointing to the same thing. 
both are talking about the coming Messiah, and that they are giving a description of the exact same event. So both of them have to be fulfilled. Both of them had to be. There was no other way about it. And they were also talking about the same person. And the other thing I like about these two is that we get a description of who the Messiah is going to be. So again, looking at the description, if he doesn't fit the description, he can't be the Messiah. Right? I mean, that's kind of how we got here. So going forward, we keep looking at this. So I want to break this down really quickly. Again, I, I won't hang out too long, but I, I think it's important to see. Because again, I really like this. And I've been asked a couple questions about these as well, which we're going to address as we go as well. So I think it's worth taking a bit of time to dig into it. The first thing I want to look at, we'll just kind of look at the, the way the verses talk. It says, the virgin will conceive and have a son. And this is also mimicked in chapter 9 where it says a son will be born. So we have, we can take two, we can look at them at the same time and kind of get it figured out. See, we have the privilege to be able to look forward from Isaiah. We don't have to wait 700 years. When, it was, when Isaiah wrote this, he, he didn't get to see the fulfillment of this. Anybody who read this at the time Isaiah was around didn't get to see the fulfillment of this. But we have a magic button that has a fast forward on it, and we can jump forward all the way 700 years and see the outcome. We can see this. We can see that the prophecies were fulfilled in both Matthew and the book of Luke. It happened again. Again, we can see these repeatedly are fulfilled, and that's an extremely important part. And that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's the start of a sequence of events that will bring about something great. Events that will be used as a tumbler of sorts. A tumbler that you insert a key into and it has to line up perfectly so that it unlocks. It unlocks a door and it shows us and reveals to us who the Messiah is and who the Christ is, who the Savior is. And Jesus is the only one who can open up that door and walk through it. And that's important. And that Jesus who opened up the door and fulfilled all these prophecies, that's why we're here tonight. That's why we're here celebrating who he is. And it's not just celebration. Yeah, that's part of it, but we're worshiping the God who came for us. And that's super duper important. And if it doesn't get you a little bit excited, I don't, maybe I should have gave a different sermon and get you more ramped up, but that's big. That's huge. That is super duper exciting. When we sing joy to the world, it wasn't meh to the world, right? It, it was joy and joy is yay. I mean, you're excited. You can't contain that. That's big. That's important. And that's, again, something that we need to be keeping in mind that we can look back and see it. Isaiah was excited. The psalmist was excited. I think of all the Old Testament writers, how excited they were. And they were looking forward. It hadn't even happened yet. They were basing it off the promise of God. We get to look back and see God promised and then God fulfilled. Amen, right? Thank you. I know it's not the morning, but we can, we can talk, but we can get excited because this is an exciting night because of what it is. Because when we are steeped in sin, in darkness, Christ came for us when he didn't have to. He didn't have to. But again, moving quickly, we'll see this. It says this, the government will be upon his shoulders. And again, we can see this fulfilled right away. If we turn, you know, hit our fast forward button and turn to Matthew chapter 2, we can see that right away. Um, it's not if, as if the government merely just didn't like him. You know, it, it was a little bit bigger than that. Maybe that he just didn't, you know, the government didn't like his, you know, his family. Didn't have the right family name. 
or he didn't like that he voted Democrat, or he didn't like that he voted Republican, so he didn't like him. It, it was, again, it was a little bit more than that. It was a bigger deal than that, to the point to where they, they wanted the child dead. It was not a good sign, not a good deal, right? So, I think it's easy to say, and safe to say, that the government was on its shoulders from the very beginning, because they had heard that a king had been born. And what's the fastest way to make somebody in power, someone as a leader, what's the fastest way to make them mad at you? To tell them that someone else deserves their spot. That the rightful, true ruler is not you, but it's somebody else. That's the quickest way to make someone in power mad, is to tell them that they're not the legitimate leader. And that's what happened. So again, we are seeing prophecy fulfilled continuously, continuously that there is a true king and he belongs on the throne. So again, just right away, we can see that that was pretty easily to, to, to show that that prophecy was fulfilled, that the government was against him. It was on his shoulders. So again, that's something that should have and could have easily dragged him down. I know it would have dragged me down. I would have went into hiding and never came out if everybody wasn't dead. So, not Jesus, right? Nonetheless, Another prophecy fulfilled. We'll continue on. This is my favorite part. They will call him, or they will name him, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It's also in um, chapter 9, 6. We see this too. It also says, uh, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And one thing, this is the part I get a lot of questions asked about, because it's important. Because we don't realize how important names are. But again, it says this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Emmanuel, right? And I do think this is important because they named him Jesus. Why didn't they name him one of these other names? Why didn't they name him Emmanuel? Why don't we call him that? We, we don't end our prayers and say, we say in Jesus' name, right? We don't say Emmanuel's name. So we got to look at this. Why didn't they name him one of the other names? Yeshua was the name that you would have heard be said that time. 2,000 years ago, it's Yeshua. And um, as translated, mostly common name, it would be Joshua. We translate it to Jesus. And all three of those names mean the exact same thing. It means the Lord is salvation. More accurately translated, it means Yeshua. Yahweh is, trans, is salvation. And we see that there's real meaning. Because that's what his name is. He, the Lord, Jesus, is salvation. And that's why they named him that. And again, names are super duper important. They're powerful. They have real and they have deep meaning. I know you guys can't see it here, but I haven't worn my name tie tonight. It has all the different things that Jesus was called because it's important. And each one of them points to the God of the universe who became flesh and then died for our sins. It's really, really important. And as far as these other ones, we look at the things that he was called, the things that people would say about him, that he wasn't named. They're descriptive. They're telling us what the king, what the Messiah is going to be like. It's saying who he is, right? That's important. So it's going to be like this. It says, Jesus, the king of kings, Lord of lords, is the wonderful counselor. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is mighty God. He is the Eternal Father. He is the Prince of Peace. It is who He is. 
So we can say these things all the time. We look at Jesus, we say, Jesus, thank you, mighty God, you did everything. Very accurate. It's who he is. And this is amazing. And I want to point out this because, again, this is the one people get caught up on. And I, and I like to talk about it because it's really cool how it works out. <clears throat> um, a better translation for this is we look at one of them that everybody's asking, he's like, well, if he's the eternal father, doesn't that throw kind of a dyad in the, you know, the, the Trinity? Because I thought that was like, no, you, it, it, that's why learning and knowing original language is, is really cool and fun because then we get to see some different stuff. A better translation for eternal father is realistically the more literal translation is father of eternity. Okay, so that doesn't help a lot until you finish reading everything, right? So again, we look at this, we see this, that the Messiah is the father of time and eternity. Still with me? Okay. So if the Messiah, Jesus who come, is the father of time and of eternity, he's what? The architect of the age. The architect of the age. Okay, no one's getting impressed yet. Let me read this for you. And maybe this will change your mind. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and, and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. So the architect of the age, the creator of all things, is who we're here to celebrate the coming of tonight. Father of eternity, the creator of everything. Okay, maybe I can get a louder one for this one. John 1, 3. Through him all things were made. Nothing was made with, without him that has made it, right? Through him all things, everything was made through that. We see this little baby in a manger, right? That same little baby was from eternity past, has created all things. That same little baby that we celebrate here tonight, we're talking about, was the one who went to the cross and bled and died for our sins. I'm excited that that happened, that we can be here, because if not, if Jesus didn't do it, it was me on the cross who would have had to take that. And I couldn't have done it for anybody else. Also, my place on the cross wouldn't atone for anything. I just would have died. But Jesus said, I'm going to take it for you. And all you have to do is believe in me. I'm like, there's, there's no catch to this? I don't have to do anything for this. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. That's insane. It's amazing what the God of the universe, the creator of all things, would do for us while we were, again, steeped in darkness and sin. And he says, I'll do it anyway. I'll do it anyway. 700 years before Jesus came to earth, God revealed to Isaiah who the Messiah would be. He prophesied that the coming Messiah, the coming of the Savior, was going to happen. And God gave them hope looking forward. And us sitting here tonight, we have the privilege and we have the honor of having the hope of what was already done for us. It's not a go and do it's a done it's done we have to see that we're here tonight to and gather to celebrate to worship that the long-awaited savior has come that this king is here the advent has been complete and the incarnation is here and that's what we do and that's what we're here to celebrate we have it now again we look at the name god 
with us, which is Emmanuel. That means he is here, that the presence of God, he is literally with us here and now. And if you don't know that in your life, if that's, that's missing, if everything that I've talked about so far tonight, the songs that we sung earlier, if, there's, if they're not clicking, if you don't know what that means, if you don't believe it, may, maybe you're here now for a reason. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit moving in you saying, this is me, I'm waiting here for you. Maybe he's calling you. He has things for you to do. They're not always fun things. They're not always good things, but they are worth it. They are worth it. Maybe he's calling you right now because he came to earth. He took our sin and he died in our place so that we could be forgiven of all the sin forward and backwards that we've ever committed. The king and God of the universe is who we are worshiping tonight. And again, we'll worship him not just tonight. Tonight being Saturday night, we're going to be here tomorrow morning. We're not, not just on Sunday mornings either. But each and every day, we're going to give honor and glory to the God of the universe who thought it was enough to come here and die for us. Every single day. And it's for his power, his glory, and his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Father, again, we just thank you for everything that you do. Jesus, we thank you that you thought it was worth it enough to die for a wretched sinner like me. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you that you would come for us, that you would leave the throne in heaven and come down here and live a life that would be looked upon from the outside as meaningless. Nothing glamorous about what you did during your life. Nothing that would draw us to you, except for who it is that you are. That you are the Lord, the Messiah, the God of the universe, who created all things. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. And thank you, this for who you are, that we could gather here and, Lord, worship you and praise your name. No matter what was happening before, no matter what we're going to do after this. Lord, I pray that our minds, our focus would be on you that we would see that you're the reason for the season, that you are why we are able to do what we're able to do. Lord, again, I thank you so much for salvation and for you. And Lord, we love you again and praise you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Silent night. Do you need to say something first? Okay. Okay. I'll light candles first, and then we'll sing Silent Night.
as we worship and celebrate the coming of a Savior here tonight. Um, shameless plug, uh, tomorrow morning we'll be here at 10 o'clock. No Sunday school, so I hope to see you all back here again. Merry Christmas, and would you join me in prayer as we close. Father, again, we thank you for everything that you do. We thank you for who it is that you are. Jesus, we thank you again that you would come here for us. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe as we travel back home or to wherever we're going from this place. Lord, help us to have the boldness to stand up and to stand out for you. Lord, again, help us to keep that laser-focused mindset that you are the reason that we are celebrating here tonight and tomorrow. Lord, again, we love you and praise you. We pray these things in the amazing name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's